0: Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number 15. My name is Dell Lot Jr. and you're listening to A Better Pickup Line, the podcast. <laughs> Line the podcast. In the last episode, we dealt with four foundational truths that you have to establish in order to set the compass of your mind to receive the mate that God has for you. Now, today we're going to start talking about one of the first of three principles that you would want to utilize to prepare yourself to receive that spouse that God has for you. The first one today is saturate yourself with the word of God for your life. Now, we've looked at Proverbs 4.23 before, and let's take a look at it again. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And then when you look at Matthew 12 and 34, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, from these two scriptures, you can clearly see it stated that from your heart flow the forces that shape your life. But see, it's not just what is in your heart, it's what's in your heart in abundance. The life that you live, it is completely dictated by what you've put into your heart and what is flowing out of your heart in abundance. So therefore, you have to be diligent to make sure that what comes out of you is the life that God has for you. In order to do this, you must saturate your heart with God's specific word and plan for your life. Let's take a look at 1 Timothy four thirteen through 16. And it reads, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. That your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Now, inside of every man, there is a gift a gift of grace, a, a free gift, a miraculous faculty, a divine gratuity, a spiritual endowment that comes from God. Now, his intention is for you to use this enablement. That is specific to you to change lives. When you meditate on and give yourself entirely to that which God has put on the inside of you, you know, along with readings and exhortations and doctrines, the progress that you make in life will become very evident or it will be seen by all. It is by this commitment that you can finally live the life that God intended. And in addition to perfecting yourself, you're also perfecting others. So how do you discover the specific word for your life? John fourteen twenty one, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Colossians 3 and 4 says, when Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So you may not have a clue as to why you're born on this earth, but if you will keep his word or his commandments, eventually he will manifest in your life. When he appears, who you are cannot help but be revealed with him. You know, it goes back to the principle of seed time and harvest where Jesus says in, uh, was it John 14, 23, where he says, keep my word. Now, if you look over in Luke 8, 11, it says now this, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So you are taking his word as a seed. You're planting it into the ground of your heart. And you're going to keep that seed until you bring forth a harvest. And we can see that clearly in Luke eight fifteen. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now, some of you. As I've stated in early episodes, we'll bring forth a 30-fold harvest, some a 60-fold, and some a 100-fold harvest according to how each farmed. Remember, that's what it talks about in Matthew 4 and 20. When you bring forth a harvest, the life of that seed appears, is seen, and it is manifest. In John 1, 1, it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. Drop down to verse 14 of the first chapter and it says, and the word became flesh. When you keep his word, you're taking Jesus into the ground of your heart and cracking him open and bringing forth the different elements of who he is. That's the same thing that Mary did. The angel Gabriel spoke a word to her that she would bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. She received that word as a seed into the ground of her heart by responding, let it be according to your word. Now, nine months later, we see the life of that seed through the physical birth of Jesus. Now, that word carried with it the power to reveal life. Encoded in that word was a purpose, a plan, the color of his hair, his friends, his career, his mannerisms, his house, all that was his life. So what does that have to do with you? Well, it's been shown through scripture that Jesus is nothing more than words. That's why the scripture says that he is upholding all things by the word of his power. And that's in Hebrews 1 and 3. The scripture says that because that's who he is. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. Jesus is word. He is the word of God. Likewise, we are nothing more than words. In Genesis one, God spoke verse 26. Let us make man. Man. And then he speaks concerning how man should be, how he should operate and what he should possess. Let us make man in our image. And after our likeness, drop down to verse 28, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, uh, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. And last, God forms man's body from the dust of the ground and breathes into his nostrils the breath of life, or his spirit containing words. Just like your physical body is dust at its base, your spirit is simply Words. These words contain every detail concerning your life. Now, however, when you read the Bible, you don't see specifics about your life. So where does that leave you? Colossians 3 and 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Because your life is hidden with Christ in God, the only way for you to find out the specifics of your life is to allow Jesus's word to be manifested in your life. That word, who is Jesus, contains the master set of instructions for your heart's ground on how to produce a harvest of the seed of that word, which was breathed into your nostrils on the day that you were born. I want you to think of yourself like a computer. Your soul or your heart is the processor that reads the information and runs the program. Your body is just the physical casing and your spirit is is the software. If the processor does not receive the correct instructions or is infected with a virus, it cannot properly run the program it received from the software. But if you give your processor the correct instructions, such as the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, and if you remove all the viruses, as Mark 4.19 talks about the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entering in, If you remove all of that, your processor can properly run the program it received from the software. By receiving God's written word, you're training your heart to make known his spoken word, which is your spirit. And when you hear a word like in Isaiah 30, 21, I want to turn there real quick. Isaiah 30, 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the left hand or whenever you turn, excuse me, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So there's a word that our ears hereby shall hear behind us. And when our and when we hear that word, it's that breathe in word that is speaking to us. What breathe in word am I talking about? Genesis 2, 7, where God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. So when you hear that word, as we call it, that rhema word, that's really that breathe in word that he breathed into your nostrils on the day that you were born. And that is what is speaking to you. Look at John 14, 20, where it says at that day, the day that you keep and manifest that word, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. What is he saying? Jesus is saying I am of the seed that has the power to reveal life. If you get in me and put me in you, then you are of the seed that reveals life. So as your purpose begins to be revealed and you begin to walk according to the specific word for your life, you will find the scriptures you were studying beforehand will begin to produce results where there previously were not any results. So you can study scriptures on prosperity, healing and deliverance, determining to put it in your heart and produce a harvest. However, you will see minimal results until you begin to walk according to the purpose for your life. All the scriptures you've been studying. They need a place to get involved, an avenue by which to flow. And your purpose is the conduit of blessings. Now, I'm not saying that you will not see any results at all whatsoever. It's just that there is a place that God has already designed. He's already laid out everything for your life along this path. And if you choose to go on a different path, then you're choosing to get different results. So you're, you know, you're not seeing what you want to see in your life and you're thinking it's because uh, maybe you don't have enough faith or maybe you're just not, uh, quote unquote, doing the right things enough when really it's not you're not going in the right direction. Direction. You're actually not being humble and following after him. You're trying to do your own thing and get the results that God's word has. When you have to walk with him, you have to walk according to his purpose for your life. You have to walk according to his plan for your life in order for you to see the fullness of everything that you're trying to see, because it's already done. It's not like God is done. Doing it now It's not a situation where you ask God to heal your body and the healing happens when you pray. The healing has already happened before you even prayed. You just have to line up with it now. Remember what first Timothy four, 13 through 16 says, it says, when you give yourself entirely to it, give yourself entirely to what God has committed to you, that your progress is evident to all and you can now be a benefit to others. Adam was able to be of benefit as long as he was walking in his purpose. Notice I didn't say as long as he walked perfectly, as long as he didn't make any mistakes, as long as he did everything exactly right. I said as long as he was walking in his purpose. And there's a difference between walking in your purpose and being Perfect without flaw, without mistake. And too many times we try to be perfect without flaw, without mistake, but not really wanting to walk in our purpose. And what God requires is for us to walk in our purpose because when we do that, that means that we actually believe who He said we are. And because we believe who He said we are, we begin to walk that out. And when you look at Adam in Genesis 2, you know, God placed Adam in the garden. That was the place that he specifically designed for Adam to be. And there he instructed Adam to tend or cultivate and keep the garden. So likewise, there are some things designed by God specifically for you. But in order to see them manifested in your life, you're going to have to spend some time cultivating and developing these things. You know, you can't be afraid to put forth the labor you were created for. You must respond like Adam did. Well, how did Adam respond? He became that word. What word? Genesis one twenty eight. be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 2.15 and 18, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Adam was diligent about keeping that word because in the very next scripture, we see Adam giving names to all the creatures that God has formed. So now through Adam, you can see being full of God's word affords you three benefits. And we're going to discuss them in future episodes, but I'm going to uh, go ahead and and tell you what these three benefits are. The first benefit is the word of God for your life allows you to judge everything according to your purpose. The second benefit is it hastens the arrival of your spouse. The third benefit is it allows men to give to their wives a rib that is saturated with the word of God for their lives. Now that's our show for today. I wanted to just lay the foundation of what it takes to begin to saturate yourself with God's word for your life. Why, you know, and we're going to discuss why it's important, but I wanted you to see how you begin to do that. You have to begin to get in that word. It's vitally important that you begin to search out who you are in that word, begin to live by that, begin to place a demand on that, begin to believe that so that you can walk it out. Because what God has for you, it is already laid out according to the purpose for your life and you cannot choose another path for your life and expect to get all that God has for you. And I just pray that you take this word and begin to implement it in your life and see all of God's goodness for your life. Well, that's our show for today. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me through my social media accounts at DellLotJR. And on Instagram, it's Dell.Lot. Or you can reach out to me through my blog, com and inbox me your questions there. Now, before we leave, I'm going to ask you to do three things. Number one, subscribe. Whether you're listening through iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite pod catcher is, make sure you subscribe. The second thing, help me spread the word. If you're consuming this podcast through Facebook or YouTube, like, share, comment. Make sure you tell somebody who you think this podcast would be a benefit to. The third thing I'm asking you to do is visit Dellot.org. If you'd like to invite me out to your church, your convention, your conference, your organization, whatever your function is, you would like me to come out and speak. You can find all the information on Dellot.org. As well, there's information about my book in that land a seed time and harvest approach to finding a wife and i'm going to ask you to purchase that today and with that being said i want you to have a great and awesome day and join me next time on a better pickup line the podcast